This message was preached as pulpit supply by Jared File. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it is beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turn in your Bibles to Ephesians chapter 2. Ephesians chapter 2. Our uh, culture has a fascination with zombies. Uh, you can you can look at it in, in the movies that are often very popular. Um, these stories of these zombie apocalypses, where these people have come back from the dead and they're out to get people's brains. Right? Um, you can see it in the the cultural phenomenon, the, the 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 television show, The Walking Dead. Right? The Walking Dead. It was a very popular show. You can see it around this time of year. We just passed. Uh, Halloween, where the, they, they even have zombie Skittles. Uh, yeah, we, we got some Skittles uh, uh, that were called zombie Skittles, and you, you take one out, and, and they all look normal, uh, but when you take one of them uh, in the bag, uh, it, it will taste very, very bad, <laughs> uh, like onion or something like that. Um, but anyway, there is a fascination in our culture with Zombies with the walking dead. Um, and why might that be? Well, maybe, just maybe, there's something about that concept that resonates with the human heart. Because the Bible tells us before we come to Christ, we were dead in our sins. We were dead men walking. Um, Another uh, idea from our culture, um, recently, yeah, within the last few weeks, um, it's, it's become a, a, a big news. Uh, are you familiar with Kanye West and what has happened recently? Uh, Kanye West, um, uh, a rapper, um, someone who, who his career has been marked with, with music that is vulgar and vile, has recently come to Christ. He's been saved and he's come out with a gospel album. And one of his, out, one of his uh, interviews that he had recently, the, 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 um, he told the person who was interviewing him, basically, we were all walking dead. We were all walking dead. And coming to Christ, that is the awakening. Um, this is what we, we see here presented in... Ephesians chapter 2. This is the power of God that He has in saving us. Uh, we, we may think back to the, the curse in the garden. When Adam and Eve were first created, they were, they were warned, do not partake of the fruit of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, for in the day that you eat it, you will die. And Adam and Eve disobeyed that command and they, they partook of that fruit. And, and it might look like, well, they didn't really die, did they? Was the serpent telling the truth? But actually, they did die. For one, they stamped a death sentence upon themselves. But at the same time, I believe they died spiritually in that moment. And each one of us before we come to know Jesus, before He comes into our lives, we are dead in our trespasses and sins. Let's look at our text. Ephesians chapter 2, 
beginning in verse 1. And you were dead in trespasses and sins, which, in which you once walked, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once lived, in the passions of our flesh, carrying out the desires of the body and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, like the rest of mankind. But God, being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved. And raised us up with him and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. So that in the coming ages he might show the immeasurable riches of his grace in kindness toward us in in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not of your own doing. It is the gift of God. Not a result of works so that one may boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would speak to us. I pray that you give us eyes to see and ears to hear. And Father, I pray that you give me grace as I preach your word. In Jesus' name, amen. He begins by telling us the bad news, I guess, so to speak. And you were dead. We were dead. That's how the Bible describes our condition before we came to Jesus, before we were saved, before we were born again. We were dead. And the placement of this passage here in Ephesians, we, we, he talked in the very first part about how we were, we were, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world. And then last week we looked at a passage that says that the same power that raised Christ from the dead and seated him above every name that is to be named, that same power is the same power at work in us. Here, Paul illustrates this concept, how how the same power that was at work in raising Christ up from the dead is at work in us. We were once dead. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. That just as Adam and Eve died when they partook, partook of that fruit, though they didn't physically die, they were spiritually dead from that moment. We once walked in this way. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We once walked according to the course of this world. We went along with the flow, just like everyone else in the world. We walked according to the course of this world. We we didn't go against any flow, but we just walked right along with everybody else like zombies. Just going along. Following, it says, the prince of the power of the air. 
The Spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience. That was where we were before we believed in Christ. We were following along with Satan. We were following after the prince of the power of the air. We were following along the way of the enemy. We were being influenced by demonic forces and we put up no resistance at all because we were dead in our trespasses and sins. That Paul says that that spirit, that spirit that was once at work in us, he says it's now at work in the sons of disobedience. Those who are lost. Those, when we look out at those who don't know Christ, that same spirit that was at work in us before we came to Christ, the, the, the satanic forces that were at work in us before, that same spirit is at work in those outside of Christ who don't know Him. And we were once that way. We were once this, in the same condition. We once lived in the passions of our flesh. Just doing whatever we felt like. Following after the desires of our hearts, the desires of our body, and the desires of our mind. And, and doing whatever sinful things we wanted to do. With nothing holding us back. We were by nature children of wrath. Before we came to Jesus, before we trusted in Him, we were children, not children of God, but we were children of wrath. We deserved His wrath upon us. We deserved His flaming wrath. We deserved hell. Like the rest of mankind. Again, it points this out. There was no difference between us and the rest of mankind before. When we look at lost people, and we have no room to, to look at lost people and say, well... I can't believe how they live. Because we were once that way, like the rest of mankind. But, verse 4, but God. While we were in this condition, this dead condition, following after the lusts of our hearts, when we were dead, but God. Being rich in mercy... Remember, He is not stingy. He has all the mercy that you can imagine and more. He is rich in mercy because of the great love which He had toward us. It wasn't because of anything good in us. It wasn't because we'd done anything. We were dead. We couldn't do anything. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. But because of the great love that He had toward us. Chapter 1 in the beginning talked about how we were chosen in Him before the foundation of the world. Because of the great love with which He loved us, even while we were dead in our trespasses and sins. Hadn't done any good Hadn't done anything to deserve it. We were dead, even in that condition. He made us alive together with Christ. It's like the passage that Tom read 
from Ezekiel, the the valley of the dry bones. When we get saved, it's like that. Which the, the prophet spoke the word, and as the prophet spoke the word, these dead bones, these dry, dead bones that had been sitting there long enough that the birds had come and picked off all of the, all of the flesh, these dead, dry bones, when the word was spoken, life came into them, flesh came onto them, and they were able to rise up, and they were an exceedingly great army. That's what happens when we get saved. Maybe not physically, but life comes into us where we were once dead. It's like Lazarus. Lazarus who had been dead in that grave for four days. I think it was was Tom you mentioned. The text tells us he stinketh, (laughs) right? He He was dead in the grave for four days and Jesus spoke. And he said, come out. And Lazarus, this dead man, gets up and he walks out. That's the power that God has in each one of us. When we trust in Christ, He takes a dead man and brings them to life. That is the power of God at work in us. He tells us this because by grace we have been saved We didn't do anything to earn it. We were dead. We couldn't do anything. Dead man can't do anything. By grace, you have been saved. Even while we were dead in our trespasses and sins, He made us alive together in Christ. We couldn't contribute anything to our salvation. And I've seen this quote. We couldn't contribute anything to our own salvation except for the sin that made us need it. And He raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ. If we look back in the last passage, He says, He wants us to know the power toward us, the greatness of His power toward us who believe according to the working of His great might that He worked in Christ when He raised Him from the dead and seated Him at His, at his right hand in the heavenly places. That same power that God had at work in raising Jesus up and seating Him in the heavenly places, He has at work in us. So that when we are saved, He raises us up and He has seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Notice here, it is a past tense. He has raised us up and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Now, we might think this should be a future event, right? That, that one of these days, Jesus will come back again, He will raise us up from the dead physically, and we will reign with Him in the heavenly places. But here it's a past tense. We are positionally, we have gone from death into life, we are now seated right now, positionally. With Him. We are united to Christ. With Him. So that. Why has He done this? He's about to explain in verse 7. Why has He taken these dead sinners, these rebels, these people who are by nature children of wrath, why has He taken them and He's made us alive and seated us 
in the heavenly places. Why has He done this? So that, verse 7, in the coming ages He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace in kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. He's done all of this so that the divine drama might play out. All of human history, from the creation and from before, the human, before humans were created until His coming again, and when we all worship Him around the throne, all of that is one divine drama. And He has done all that He has done in sending Jesus to die for our sins and in raising us up from death so that He might show the immeasurable riches of His grace. So that all of the angelic beings, so that all of creation might stand back and wonder at the grace and mercy and the immeasurable riches of God. He's done it all as a demonstration of His grace. Then He tells us in verse 8, For... By grace you have been saved through faith, and this is not of your own doing, it is the gift of God. He's done this, He's done this work in Christ, in taking us who were dead in our trespasses and sins, and making us alive to show this because it's grace that we're saved. It's by grace that we're saved through faith. We don't do anything. We don't earn it. We're not, it's not because we're a good person. It's not because of what family we came from. It's not because of our race. It's not because of any factor in us. We were just dead men. And the fact that we were dead men that Christ has made alive demonstrates His grace. It's not based on works. It's not based on anything we could do to earn it. It's grace. So that no one may boast. This is significant. If we could do something to earn our salvation, who gets the glory? We do. If we could do something to earn, we could say, Look at me. I was good enough that God would save me. But it's no one can boast. No one can boast because we were just like everybody else. We were just like the sons of disobedience. We were just like the rest of mankind. We were dead. And He's made us alive apart from anything we could do. We can't boast. We can't boast in ourselves. We can't boast in anything that we've done. The only thing we can boast in, Paul tells us elsewhere, is our weakness. Because when we boast in our weakness, we point to Him. We point to His grace and His mercy and His glory. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in Him. We're His workmanship. He's made us He's taken these dead men, this lump of clay, and He's fashioned us, and He's shaped us, and He's made us into objects of His grace. 
treasures of His grace. He's made us so that we would do good works. We're not saved by good works. It's not the good works that causes us to be saved. No, He has saved us. He's made us in bringing us from death into life. He's created us as new creatures for good works. That's what we're saved unto. So, just because we're not saved by works doesn't mean that we then live our lives just continuing along this same pattern that we did before. This same pattern of just following after the lusts in the flesh. But He's made us. He's gone. We don't want to live that way before. That's what a dead man does. He's raised us up, seated us with Him in the heavenlies. He's made us for good works so that we can go to our neighbors and we can show the love of Christ that it, that the, the kind of love of Christ that takes a dead man and makes him alive, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. This is all a part of His plan. What we see here is the amazing miracle of the power of God, how He has taken us who were once dead And He's made us alive. And that ought to cause us to praise Him. To realize where we were. And to realize what He has done. When we didn't deserve it, we were dead. And He's given us this immeasurable grace. It ought to cause us to praise Him and to worship Him. He has done it all for His own glory to bring praise and glory to His name, that we might worship Him forever and ever and ever. We were dead. Now, I trust that most everyone here, at least adults, are already trusting in Jesus. How is this applicable to those who have not yet trusted in Jesus? If we're dead, we can't do anything, right? But let's turn that on its head a little bit. If God can save a dead man, He can save anybody. He can save you. If His power can raise the dead to life, we don't know what He would want to do. Look to Him. Look to Him and trust in Him. His power can raise the dead to life. And how do we know? Because we were once dead. And he's made us alive.